What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of SDGC After Hours. I'm sitting down tonight with Maddie. Maddie, how are you? Pretty good. Awesome. So tonight we are talking about uh, Corruption 2029, which is a strategy game mixing the XCOM tactics with kind of the free-flowing uh, stealth combat that you might see from Hitman. Maddie, this studio made a game last year, Mutant Year Zero. Did you get a chance to play that? Yeah, I played like, I think like five or six hours of it. Um, I think around the same time as you. Um, I really liked that game. Um, it was like, my problem with XCOM has always been those like initial phases when you're moving up into a map and you're like kind of creeping along a couple squares at a time. And this like, this does away with that. And instead you go into the, those areas like full control and you're totally totally undercover you have a lot more like information in terms of stealth um and i think that just makes the flow of the game a lot better so i like that combined with the fact that a lot of the flavor is like uh the the subgenre of like roadside picnic stalker kind of stuff mixed with weird talking animals i mean and it was well so mutant year zero is like an old school pen and paper tabletop right yeah so I guess I, I think that like the game basically, to me, uh, after my time with Mutant Year Zero, felt like it lent a lot of a lot of what made that game stick out to me and feel memorable a year later was like the IP they were borrowing, and that that's not a knock against the development team. They they took the you know they took the IP and they did something great with it. Um, unfortunately though, after playing uh, probably six or seven hours of Corruption Twenty Twenty Nine. Uh, a game that feels, to me, really meditative on a lot of what made Mutant Year Zero's combat unique. Uh, feels like a game that didn't necessarily need to exist. Uh, to me, it doesn't feel like it's it's saying much. It doesn't feel like it's improving that much. It's uh, it's tweaking a lot of the mechanics that, that Mutant Year Zero had, but it has kind of done away with a lot of the character work. Maddie, uh, how would you describe like the aesthetic of, of Corruption? It's very like near near future kind of... I want to say generic, but I think that does a disservice because this is a very, it's a very pretty game. Um, it's got kind of like an autumnal ruined feel to it. Um, and then there's just very gray angular military tech. Um, it just, it, um, it, it almost reminds me of what was that game that Epic made like 10 years ago? That was a 2d 2.5d side scroller. Like what was that? Um, oh, um, shit. It like just came out on PC a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah. Shadow Complex. I, I, yes, Shadow Complex. Like it almost has a Shadow Complex like vibe to it. Obviously, the game moves differently, but like that aesthetic of like I don't know, almost budget, cliche, generic look. But but like you said, that they have they've done a lot with those graphics. Like like it is a prettier game than Mutant Year Zero, uh, just with a little bit weaker direction. Yeah, it's just lost a lot of the personality. Um, which I think, in hindsight, carried Mutant Year Zero a lot. Um, either that or... I don't know if it carried it. I think the mechanics in Mutant Year Zero and inherently this um, are like really strong. Uh, but I think doing that again without the personality of Mutant Year Zero to back it up makes it feel like a, a much weaker game and makes me just go, well, I could be playing Mutant Year Zero. Right. I think one of the, so a lot of the, actually like the core abilities that you have in this game. So, so I should walk it back actually. So this is a game where, where you move a, a squad of three people through a level and you wipe out the enemy teams and you maybe pick up an objective and then you, uh, you kind of extract. Yeah. And that happens uh, in two phases. Um, right. The initial, like you're moving up, you control with WASD and you can 
go into kind of a stealth mode a la like ghost recon future soldier with a uh like active camo which is very cool because uh, i like future yes. soldier i'm like a hardcore future soldier fan which i'm sure is not a thing but there are dozens of you I'm yeah sure. um and then when you hit combat it goes into grid-based XCOM style stuff and it feels like it's lifting basically all of that from Mutant Year Zero, which is okay because, you know, if something's not broken, you don't need to take the time to, to fix it. Um, but the thing is, is that Mutant Year Zero worked, its its character abilities worked because it felt like they were fun twists on, like, these weird characters, right? Like, that's a game where you play as, like, a big talking pig, uh, a girl who can turn into stone, and then, like, a sassy duck. And so, like... Mutant Zero was cool because you could like get bug wings for your duck, fly up high, and then get a get a height advantage and shoot people from from up high, and that would do increased damage. And like that felt like it worked with the characters, but now it's like, oh yeah, you're just a dude who can jump really high, and you look like a normal human being, but you can jump really high. So it's like they've taken the abilities and then put like a generic skin on top of it, and so you just lose, you know, you you keep the mechanics but lose some of like the. I don't know the charm yeah um and yeah you lose that specialization of characters too because like with uh what was, what was the duck's name i think it was just ducks d-u-x or something like that yeah something like that yes like yeah. he had a specific skill tree um the 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 boar guy had a specific skill tree so you could like spec in different ways but they kind of had like a set role whereas in this the characters are the only difference is their their character design you can slot in whatever weapon whatever augment you want and like make them fit a role which in theory i think is interesting like it's gives you a lot more customization but it also just makes them all feel interchangeable like it doesn't matter who is doing what right it, it almost feels like if Beauty your zero had introduced a skirmisher mode it feels like that's mostly what Corruption 2029 feels like to me, right? It's like mix and match, and you can use all the character variants you want, um, but it feels ultimately like there's very little purpose. And I think one of the things that also drives that is, uh, so I got through a little bit more than two-thirds of the game. There's there's three major acts. got through two of them. Um, what I found really frustrating is it's, it's willingness to send you back through the same sections of map several times. I would say that I spent like maybe maybe there's like seven or eight different uh, uh, environments that you can go back through, and several of your missions will have you going from one to the other, and they're all connected in the same way that Mutant Year Zeros were. Uh, but I often found that you know you'd finish a mission, extract, and then you'd go back there, and the same uh, the same enemies would be in the same spots. You'd have to do the same thing again, but instead of killing a guy, you'd have to get some intel and then leave without getting detected. Um, it just felt like I was going back through the same areas over and over again, uh, against the same sets of enemies using the same tactics. It just felt like it was really relying, uh, I don't know, on the same bag of tricks repeatedly. And it, I found myself tiring of it after, I don't know, a handful of hours. Yeah. And even on those return visits, like if you picked up, there's little bits of lore scattered around the world. And like, if you pick those up and then you come back on a return visit, those, they'll just be back there. Like they're the the whole map basically just refreshes exactly as it was on your first visit instead of mixing it up like yeah i blew like i blew up a um i think it was the sheriff mission um you go in mm. to kill a sheriff or a former sheriff who's now become like some militia leader or something and i what i did in that scenario was i found like remote explosives put those down near him because he had a huge health bar um 
and I just wanted to like wipe him out because he could call in reinforcements. Put that down, went across the map and like set up my guys in Overwatch and then blew the building he was in up. Totally leveled it. And then you come back the next time, the, the building is back. All the collectibles are back. Everybody's standing in literally the exact same position. So it just makes it feel like the world's like very static and gamey in that like, yeah, I'm just replaying levels way. Yeah, absolutely. Just feels like a challenge mode uh, for Mutant Year Zero with none of the charm. Um, I I shouldn't be so hard on it. I do think there are some things that, that I, I do think work. Um, I do like the concept or, I mean, okay, they rely on it too much. But I think one of the things that worked in Mutant Year Zero's way was that uh, the, the basic idea of like, okay, I'm going to survey this map. And then once I've surveyed the map, I'm going to find people who have not very much health, use stealth tactics to take them down. And then I will go after the big guys where I'm going to have to go loud. So it's this way of like basically surveying, taking out the weak, and then fighting the group and trying to get a strategic position and doing that. I think that is satisfying. Uh, I just think there's not enough variation in it to keep it feeling fresh. Uh, often I would find myself being like, okay, if I want to wipe this guy without alerting anybody... I need to do these three steps. I need to freeze them. I need to shoot them with a silencer. The next turn around, uh, I need to freeze them again, reload, and then shoot them. And and it just felt like I was following back on the same like two or three step process to take out low level enemies, so that way uh, I don't blow my cover. And it it just um I don't know. It it felt like there's something there, just like there was with Mutant Year Zero. It's just not enough of it. Yeah, like that kind of stuff is satisfying when it works. But it so rarely worked for me because a lot of the stealth rules aren't like this. The whole game kind of mechanically is ambiguous in a way that doesn't feel intentional. Like there's they have little um, what was the was it squads that yeah they've got alpha and alpha and beta squad yeah and maybe Bravo they they signpost it with a little name tag, but I didn't notice it for like five hours until you pointed it out to me. Um, and that's like, if you alert someone in squad alpha, they can radio squad alpha, but Bravo won't necessarily be alerted. Um, and just like the rules of stealth and the rules of like, what is this, who is this person going to be able to radio to and stuff makes that stuff very frustrating. And I found myself save scumming, like reloading saves because I was doing something that I thought should have been keeping me in cover or should have been a viable tactic that just ended up not being. Um, and I think the game starts coming together when you start getting abilities that let you kind of uh, mitigate the punishment that not knowing those rules imposes upon you. Like the, the thing that lets you like jump 10 tiles or smash through a wall, just like cool abilities that um, vary gameplay in a way that like makes those frustrations lessened um but it takes you like four or five hours to get those abilities and by then it's just kind of like well i'm tired of just shooting assault rifles at dudes well and i also i, I think the other thing that you that you kind of danced on there too is like when the way that you can get detected in stealth mode um whether it be alpha or signaling to the rest of alpha squad that hey they need backup but there's also stuff where you can use an assault rifle that's not silenced and take out someone in alpha squad and it will alert alpha squad uh but it won't like alert beta but for some like it basically like like the guns will make noise and sometimes the guns are enough to alert both squads and sometimes it's not and like figuring out when a shot from a certain location is going to alert both squads is totally not relayed to you as the player so sometimes you're just taken by surprise as like instead of fighting six dudes you're fighting a dozen um and, and like dancing up to that line you're right maddie like it's like okay you're never in a position where 
you're always in a position in this game where you can usually survive fighting six dudes, but rarely can you just hold out against 12 because they will just overrun you and you don't have very many supplies. Uh, so you just end up safe scumming. And it feels like at that point you are like fighting, you are actively fighting the game mechanics to, tr to keep trying to have a good time. Uh, and at a certain point, it's it's just not worth it uh, when the other parts of the game aren't adding up to something that's substantial, right? Like narratively, Maddie, we haven't even touched on this, but this game is uh, a lot of nothing, really. I mean, so it's it's using a civil war uh, modern era backdrop between a conservative party that that has a bunch of propaganda. And at the beginning of the game, you are playing for like a a leftist uh, part of part of the country uh, who is also fighting back. But uh, as you slowly play, there's like little transmissions that come through to paint that like you know maybe the leftist side that you're fighting for isn't the good guys after all. It, it's and, very it's very upfront. Like maybe we're the baddies. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just you're uh, playing like you're playing as a commander command like. You are not playing as the men on the ground. You're a commander commanding these uh, the soldiers, which are called units, which are basically uh, people who have been turned into drones. Um, and like that 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 concept is never taken very seriously. Like they they kind of use it as like uh, we're we're like taking over their autonomy and they're just drones for the machine and all of this. But those dudes are just kind of normal dudes. Like they talk to each other, and they seem like they, they seem like they know. Like they, they seem like they are have some agency, even though you're controlling them. And like I kind of like that. Like I like the idea that like that you as the you know like you as the player are told that hey they don't have any autonomy. They don't think for themselves. And then the game like shows you that that's not actually true. That the game was just basically gaslighting you. Like I like that as an idea. I would like one of the coolest things about The Witcher, right, is that uh, you're routinely told by NPCs and the lore that that witchers can't have a sense of emotion. But Geralt repeatedly shows you that that's not true. Uh, and I feel like this game does that too, but they don't ever let you really engage with it in a meaningful way. And so it just feels like this thing where they could have been really self-aware and really smart ends up being this like really shallow gamification, like tongue in cheek, look at what we're doing here. Um, I don't know. It just, it doesn't land for me at all. Uh, I don't like the way that, that this game is using uh, the current political landscape as its backdrop, the way they're doing it, where they're like, they're, they're both sizing it. I just... Don't find that particularly interesting. I don't find that uh, it's got a nuanced take on something. You know, if you want to portray weaknesses of the left and weaknesses with the right, sure, go ahead and do it. But at least have something interesting to say. Not uh, maybe the good guys really have some bad bad stuff in their history. You know, maybe they got some skeletons in their closet too. Like that's not. Yeah, it never expounds on like what these two sides believe in a way that even gives them the room to explore that. It's just like, man, what if the civil war happened in like in the 20 2019 america and up oh, both sides nobody can agree and like there's propaganda and who knows what to believe it just like it never does anything with any of it to be fair i feel like they're leaving breadcrumbs so that way they can do it in like the last act with like two or three final missions that are like your character like i i have no idea like i said i i could not be bothered to go through and finish this game i like a lot of what this game is doing i just I cannot play the same, like, four maps over and over again. I just can't do it. It is not worth the very, very small pieces of lore that are uh, most definitely going to add up into something that's pretty milk toast and not very interesting. Um, yeah, I definitely get, I don't know. I, yeah. I definitely I get the like vibe that's going to do something in the third, like, my, my, from the jump, I was like, third act is going to be 
we're the bad guys, you're fighting against different people, but it takes so long getting there. Well, it's, it's that, but I also feel like we need to say that, like, part of it, besides just enemy groups always being where they are, and the world, you know, buildings coming back together after you blow them up between levels, uh, is, is kind of bullshit, but I feel like we also need to say that, like, there's not very much, uh, uh, there's not very many variants in the world, uh, they're basically the same ones that you would have from Mutant Year Zero, which is, like, a Grenader, uh, somebody who heals down to enemies, uh, an Assault class, like, there's basically, like, three or four different enemy types, um, that are basically just reskins of who you fought in Mutant Year Zero. So as somebody who, you know, I actually think this is a budget game. Uh, it's pretty upfront about that. I think it's 20 or 30 bucks on the Epic Game Store right now. If I had to play Mutant Year Zero, I actually would think this is like an interesting game from an indie studio, but it's excessively frustrating to play something so ambitious, something so bold with such an interesting IP a year prior, and then come to this and feel like I, I knew it would be rough around the edges given the price point. Um, and the way it's been marketed, but I still can't help but be disappointed. It's it's just frustrating when it comes out this way. This is very much at its core, Mutant Year Zero, with almost everything that's interesting about Mutant Year Zero stripped out, or exactly the same, in which case you might as well go play the more interesting game. You know, Maddie, I guess, I guess what we need to talk about from here is, um, you know, where do we see a studio like this going from here? Did they abandon this IP? Was this was this sort of like, you know, I, I think one of the things we've seen a lot this gen is some smaller startup indie companies um, using little side projects to fuel their main thing, mm-hmm. right? Like Three Fields Entertainment is the classic example. It started with Dangerous Golf. Uh, they've tried all these little side things and now they're up to like Dangerous Driving and then the sequel is coming out. And like they're building up this burnout style they've been chasing. They hit a huge, huge success with Mutant Year Zero. And I, as far as I know, you know, through Game Pass, through various places, I felt like that game did well. Um... What is the trajectory for for bearded ladies here? Are we going to see them ditch this IP and go back to Mutant Year Zero? What what do you think is is next? I don't know. Um, I don't know where they're at with uh, their partnership with whoever owns the Mutant Year Zero IP. I'd imagine they're working on a sequel because um, they worked on DLC for it that came out last year, I think. Um, and I know people like that. Um, I would assume they would go back to mutant or mutant and do a sequel um i don't know about ditch i think there's something to corruption um i just think they have to find what that is instead of spreading it so thin um like they did with this first game because i i seriously think they could have marketed this again if, if this was like a simply licensing thing i would get it but if it wasn't that, I feel like they would just be better off saying, hey, we're releasing a challenge pack for Mutant Year Zero and it's going to be 10 bucks. Yeah. And and it would have been fine because like that is so much of what this is. And if I could still hear the duck and the pig say really like endearing shitty things to each other, then I feel like I would have actually been able to stay through and, and finish all the challenge stuff to see what little bits of, of lore they drop in. Um, but instead they want me to kind of get invested in like a government dropped a bomb, but which side of the government dropped it? Um, you know, it just, it, it doesn't work for me. I hope whatever they do next is, I, I hope they do mutant your, your, your two or whatever comes yeah. next. Cause they, they're clearly very talented. Uh, I like this style. I like this style of like tactics more than I like XCOM. Like I like XCOM a lot, but I like the way they've taken the things that I don't like about XCOM and change and like swap them out with parts of other games that I do like, um, and I, like, I want to see more of that, just not in this wrapper, unless they take that wrapper and expand upon it. Like, 
in a, an interesting way. I think I think we just need to see something a little bit more thoughtful here. I think mm-hmm. what's so frustrating isn't that this like this game isn't terrible. Like it's 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 a mostly okay video game. I don't know. I like after I've had Reese Puffs, I don't want Bran. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. want Bran flakes. <laughs> you know, like it'll fill my stomach. It'll do the job. It'll scratch an itch. But it's, it's just, just not, not Reese Puffs. It's just not that Reese Puff. No, nothing is. <sighs> Nothing is. <laughs> Maddie, do we have anything else on Corruption 2029? Uh, not that I can think of. No, I'm looking through my notes, and I think we hit it all. Okay. Well, hey. Corruption 2029 was not uh, this, not the sequel to Mutant Year Zero we wanted. Uh, you know, it's a meditation on a lot of what I liked about the combat in Mutant Year Zero. Uh, it just didn't innovate in any, any meaningful way, and instead it felt like it was... Um, just trying to get some extra mileage out of some, out of some ideas and assets uh, and design choices, and, and I don't know. It, it ultimately is not a very memorable game, um, but uh, you know that's okay. Not every game can be can be a big hit like New Year Zero. Yeah. <sighs> okay, Maddie. Thank you so much for being here, buddy. Yeah, no problem. All right, folks, and you can always catch SCGC uh, when we go live on Thursdays with our normal live show on Twitch at twitch.tv slash official SDGC. Uh, additionally, you can keep up with all of our pre-recorded content uh, on the podcast platforms of your choice. If you like the things we produce and you want to help us make more of it, uh, consider supporting us on Patreon. It's just one single tier, no gated content. Uh, anything you could, could throw our way always helps. Thanks so much, and take care of each other. Yeah.